You're listening to a Sunday morning sermon by Authentic Church. Morning. So, this week we are going to look at the presence, the presence of God. Last week we looked at dealing with the storms of life, how the disciples encountered a storm without Jesus. Jesus wasn't with them when they encountered this storm. We looked at how he appeared to them walking on top of the water. He walked to them in the storm. He walked over the storm. We looked at how his presence caused Peter to get out of the boat and to walk on that water towards him. And ultimately how Jesus' presence in the boat caused the storm to stop. Now, for quite a few months, I've actually been thinking about the presence of God. And I found it quite interesting that the presence of God in the storm and the presence of God in the boat caused something quite dramatic to happen. So this week, I want to talk about the presence of God in our lives. Now, I'm going to be really honest with you here. I'd love to say today I'm standing here presenting you with all the answers to how this works. I'll be honest with you, I'm still finding my way through this. And I've really grappled with this sermon this week, even to the point this morning I was laying in bed thinking, I can't deliver this, Lord. Um, But I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. uh, Any preacher training says you should never apologise for your sermon. And I guess I'm already starting with an apology, but I'm not. I just want to say, I'm exploring this, okay? I am finding my way through this, and I hope that you will join me on this journey this morning. Recently, you know, I was in hospital, and, um, and it was because of COVID restrictions. Tammy couldn't come in. She wasn't really even allowed in the building. They pretty much sort of said, get out. And so I was put in my room. And then they thought that I had some nasty virus, so they even put extra restrictions on people coming in and they had to wear extra PPE. I was on my own in that room for quite a few days and I missed Tammy. I missed her presence. I missed hearing her voice. I missed seeing her. I missed just being in her presence. It's quite weird. I work out in the shed just over there. And quite often I can come in when I come in to make a coffee and I can stand just on the threshold of the house. And sometimes I feel I can know if Tammy's in the house. Now, it sounds strange, I don't, but somehow you just know that someone is present with you. And sometimes I can kind of think, is Tammy here or is she not here? And I can get it right. Now, not always. I'm not saying there's some weird psychic connection here, but somehow you just know when someone is present. Now what happens to me when I start getting challenged by a subject, I like to read about it, that's my kind of go-to, what can I read about? So I've been reading a couple of books about the presence of God and there's, there's one book I've been particularly challenged by and I'm going to read a few of some quotes from it this morning because I want to share my challenge with you. It's like, well if I'm challenged by this, I want you to be challenged by it too. Um, so I'm going to start with a couple of readings by, by the author. He's, he's A.W. Tozer. He died in 1963. He's an American Christian pastor who is also an author, a magazine editor and a spiritual mentor. 
So this is what he wrote about God's presence. Religion can teach you about God. Cold textual theology can teach you about God. But neither can really bring you into the presence of God. Where you begin to know God and have confidence in the God that you know. It is one thing to know about God, but it is another thing to know God in personal experience. He continues. The world is perishing for lack of knowledge of God and the church is famishing for want of his presence. Just repeat that. The world is perishing for lack of knowledge of God and the church is famishing for want of his presence. Tozer makes it sound like I can experience God, that I can somehow have something that touches me, that I can feel it, I can sense it. It's not just a head knowledge, it's a physical, heart, emotional experience. And you know what? Sometimes I just crave that. I just want to know your presence, God, in a real way, in a tangible way. It isn't just up here, but it's in here. It's real. And I guess my challenge to myself is, am I right to ask for this? Am I right in wanting this? And is it even possible that we can know God, not just in here, but we can experience God in everyday life? So that got me thinking, when have I experienced God? When have I known that God is here, he's present, he's real? And I came up with three examples. And interestingly, some of them have happened here. So I felt recently I experienced God in hospital. I think I shared last week I was laying there. I submitted to God what I was going through. And I was listening to a Lectio 365 and it finished. And something physical happened. I felt like the, my, the, the, my part of my body that was in contact with the bed was all tingly in a nice way. And then literally I felt the sheets weren't there and I was above the bed. Sounds crazy. May have been the codeine. I believe... You're not allowed to that. <laughs> I believe, because I wasn't on codeine at that point, it was God. I experienced in a physical way God's presence. That's one. Second way I feel, um, going back probably, I don't know, before Christmas, um, we had an authentic church service uh, one Sunday morning and Tracy and Kevin turned up and it was just the four of us. And I remember starting the, the service saying how I felt God had said to me during the week, I want you to come into my presence, which was strange because I don't really even still, I'm preaching about it, I'm still grappling with what this means. 
we started worshipping and we chose to add in a second song to start with, which was maybe one of our first times. And we started singing and we started worshipping and God fell, is the only way I can describe it. It was physical. Again, there was a spiritual reality in the room that was tangible, that you could almost touch it and feel it. And it wasn't just me, it was all of us. I've never experienced that before. And having experienced it, I want more of it. And again, this is my challenge to myself and to us. Is it right to want more of it? Is it scriptural? Is it biblical? Is it right to want that? And again, hopefully we'll unpack some of that this morning. So I want to start with the facts. Again, I'm a very kind of logical, practical person. So I want to start with the facts. And the facts in this case are the promises of God. These are the facts. Now, I don't want to rush through these. So I'd like you, it's going to be difficult for me to do this, but I'd like you to, to close your eyes. And I just want to spend some time absorbing these promises from God. These are the promises of God about his presence. God promises us he will be with us always. God promises us he will be with us always. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God promises us he will never leave us or forsake us. God promises he will never leave us or forsake us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God promises that we can never outrun him, hide from him or go anywhere where he isn't. God promises that we can never outrun him, hide from him, or go anywhere where he isn't. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. God promises us that nothing will separate us from him. God promises us that nothing will separate us from him. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God promises us that even in our darkest moments that God will be with us. God promises us that even in our darkest moments that God will be with us. 
even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And finally, God promises us that he will put his Holy Spirit in us. That God will be in us. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the promise and glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirits in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So those are the facts about the presence of God, that he will be with us always. He will never leave us or forsake us. We can't outrun him or outhide him, that nothing can separate us from him, that even when we're going through the darkest moments, he says, I will be with you. And finally, he says, I will put my spirit in you. So God is in us. So those are the promises. Those are the facts. That God is with us always and everywhere, that nothing will separate and God is in us. But is it possible to turn those promises into a life-enhancing reality? How do I turn those promises into something that I can experience? And is it, again, even right to ask? Tozer writes, the presence and the manifestation of the presence are not the same. There can be one without the other. God is here when we're wholly unaware of it. So you might be sitting there at the moment and thinking, I don't feel any different. I don't feel or sense that God is in the room, but the facts are that God is here. We've just looked at those promises. God is here. Whether we sense it or feel it or not, God is here. The other famous verse we hear quite often, where two or three are gathered, there I am. We are more than two or three, therefore we know that God is with us. So God is here when we're wholly unaware of it. But he is manifest only when and as we are aware of his presence. And that's the bit I'm nudging into, that's the bit I'm pushing into. I want God to be manifest. I want to know his presence, to sense his presence, to feel his presence. So I've turned the next bit into a practical maybe how and then a spiritual. I thought about God's presence in the Bible. Where do we think about it? Do we see evidence of God's physical physical, presence? presence in the Bible and I can think of two things there's the column of fire at night and the column of smoke during the day when the Israelites were wandering around in the desert there was God manifest with them they could see him they could they could see God's presence they could sense it 
And then the tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost when they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and those tongues of fires land and they hear the wind and they see these tongues of fires and they were emboldened to go out and then preach the gospel. And God was present in his miracles when they saw uh, the blind receive sight, when they saw the lame walk, there was God present. But what things can we do to come into the presence of God? That'll be me. If you have your Bibles, could you turn to James chapter 4? James chapter 4, verses 2 to 8. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity toward God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? This is why scripture said God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There are four things I want to look at. And there are four practical ways I feel that we can come into God's presence. Number one, verse two says, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. I sometimes think our God is a very practical God and a very simple God. And I don't mean he's simple, but I think he works with simple instructions. And we know he says, you know, welcome the little children. Have faith, of a, have faith like a child, simple. And I wonder how many times do I ask God, I want to come into your presence. Show me your presence. You have not because you ask not. Do I expect God's presence to fall? Do I expect when I'm worshipping or praying to sense him with me? And maybe he's sitting there thinking, well, if you just asked, Nigel, if you just asked. So you have not because you do not ask. I wonder when was the last time I really actually asked God what I really needed. I really wanted was to be in your presence. Help me to sense your presence with me. Second practical thing, verse three says we ask with the wrong motive. What is my motive for wanting to come into God's presence? Why do I want that? Is it because I'm looking for a quick spiritual fix? Am I trying to overcome a moment of doubt and I want something that's real and tangible that I can hold on to? Or is my heartfelt desire to experience God? Is there something longing inside of me that wants to know and experience God in a real and tangible way? I know so often I'm asking with the wrong motive. I'm looking for some spiritual quick win or I'm looking for some jab in the arm to uplift me. I don't often think God works like that. 
So I think we need to ask when we want with the right motive. Verse 7 says, submit to God. It was interesting when I was in hospital and I sensed God's presence in the room when I felt this out of body experience of God's presence was at the moment where I said to God, I've had enough of fighting this. I've had enough of worrying about this. I've had enough of thinking I'm going to need all sorts of bits of my body removed to make me better. I gave it to God. I put the situation in his hands for better and for worse. I laid it all out. I laid it all down. I submitted and surrendered to God. Tozer writes, on our part, there must be surrender to the spirit of God. For his work is to show us the father and the son. We're not taught to submit much these days. We're not taught to surrender. In fact, surrendering would be seen as something weak, as something passive, as giving in. And yet I think God loves it when we surrender to him. When we give up on our own strength, when we allow him and we put things in his hands. So submission and submitting to God is a practical thing we can do to experience God's presence. And finally, are these practical things. Verse 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. I think sometimes we have to put ourselves in God's way. We have to be intentional. Do we have to make time to be with God and with no one else, devices and all? Do we have to be deliberate, whether that's physically going somewhere else? Is it closing a door behind you? Is it finding this quiet time? It's quite interesting um, recently, and I can't really explain why, but most mornings um, when I'm on a working day, before I start work, I spend 10 minutes walking on the treadmill. And I read while I'm doing that, and I, I pretend it's my commute to work. So I don't commute because obviously I work from home. So my commute is to spend 10 minutes walking on the treadmill. And then I finish my 10 minutes on the treadmill. And this is, I'm slightly embarrassed to even admit this, which is really crazy. But what I found myself doing is I've, I'll turn the treadmill off. I put the book down. And then recently I found myself simply laying prostrate on the floor, nose to the carpet, and just saying to God, here I am. Now, I've not told anyone this. I've not even told Tammy. And it's a weird thing to do. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It is a weird thing to do. The carpet doesn't smell nice in there. <laughs> but there is a moment when I'm there that I feel God's presence. It's hard to, to describe but somehow, when my nose is to the carpet, he's just there. And it feels really natural and it feels really right. And since I've had my operation, I haven't been able to go and lay down because it's not very comfortable. But I'm looking forward to getting back to being on my nose in front of God. So I would encourage you when it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Find a way 
that works for you. Whether it's going into a room and shutting the door behind you, whether it's a posture, whether it's kneeling or it's leaning over or laying flat on your face, <laughs> nose to the carpet. And it might only be for a season, it might only be for a day or two. But I think God loves it when we put ourselves in his way. I sometimes think about, you know, we teach our kids, we're used to, the Green Cross Code. You know, you don't step out into the road without looking left and right. But sometimes I think God loves us to step out in front of him. I think he likes it when we're like, no, no, I'm, I'm here, God. I want to be in your way. I want to get run over by him, but I want to be... I'm, I'm stepping off the pavement to be in your road, in your, where you are. There's something about putting yourself in his way. I can't think how else to describe it. So those are the four practical ways. I just want to touch on a couple of spiritual ones, if you like. Um, I put, we have to exercise faith talked a lot this year already about faith but we have to exercise faith we have to believe that God can be real and present in our lives by faith because if you don't believe he can be real and present then will he ever be so there's an element of faith here can God be real and present in our lives Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confident in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It carries on. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Tozer continues, only faith can unlock the door that we may go into the presence of God. Only faith can unlock the door. But faith enables us to jump from one point on earth into the very heart of God. And I love that. You could be anywhere on earth and by faith jump into the very heart of God, wherever you are. So in conclusion, we can have a knowledge of God but that doesn't necessarily mean we have an experience of God but so often our experiences of God are life changing I remember laying in that hotel uh, hotel <laughs> hospital bed for the rest of my life I remember the time of worship that we had here when God fell for the rest of my life I won't forget those Somehow those experiences of God stick with you. They're like way markers on the journey of faith. They remain. They're the things, they're those high points, they're those mountaintop moments that when we're going through the valleys, we remember. And I don't think, therefore, that to seek his presence and to expect to know and feel and touch his presence is wrong. I believe God calls us into his presence. All those promises tells us that he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, he'll be with us. <coughs> and I've come to the conclusion that it's 
it's okay to want to experience that in reality. Now, it doesn't mean it will always happen, and certainly not on demand. I would love to be able to recreate that Sunday morning we had, but I can't recreate it as much as I might try to. But I enjoy those moments. I remember those moments of experience. And so, of course, I'm going to crave them. Of course, I'm going to want them. But if I live for those moments, therein lies the danger. Because when the experiences don't happen, what happens to my faith? What happens to my relationship with God? So while it's right to crave those moments and to look forward to them and enjoy them when they happen, if your faith exists only on the experiences, then when the difficult times come, times are tough. So there are practical things we can do. We can submit to God. We can ask with the right motives. Ultimately, we need to exercise faith. So, Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your presence. I pray that today and this week and always, we would live confident of your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen.